It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Hello, Barracuda fans, and welcome to another edition of CUDA Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger. In this episode, we'll recap the Barracuda's last three games, and we'll chat with the voice of the Colorado Eagles, Kevin McGlue, to help set the stage for the Barracuda's next two games against the Eagles at the Budweiser Event Center on Tuesday and Wednesday. Last Wednesday, the Barracuda wrapped up a four-game homestand, looking to make it back-to-back wins after a 5-2 victory against Abbotsford on Sunday. San Jose's opponent? the Colorado Eagles for the fourth time this season on the eight-game season series. In just the second matchup in their careers, Barracuda captain Jacob Magna and his older brother Jason Magna, a member of the Colorado Eagles, went head-to-head on Wednesday night. And it took just one minute and 49 seconds for the older brother, Jason, to get the Eagles on the board. They stop one by Jason, and he scores! A shot from the left side by Rob Hamilton is picked up and shoveled home just too easy for Colorado. Nolan picked up 21 in blue. He pulls it off the bat of Melnichuk and places it into a wide open net. The time of the goal at the 149 mark. But at 13:24, the first period, Joachim Blitfeld would tie the game up with his eighth of the season. Skates keeps it alive up high to the point, winding up a shot. It ends up in. They score. A shot by Patrick Hallway from the right point ends up going straight up into the air. And I think Joachim Blitfeld ends up jamming it home. Then, late in the first period at 19-12, while Colorado was on the power play, Shane Bowers would score his first of the year to give Colorado a 2-1 lead. Jade Bowers down the left wing side, 15 in royal blue, up high to the point. Hamilton near side, Bowers pulls the trigger and scores! Shane Bowers, who hasn't played in 16 games, draws the penalty, and then he finds Pater with 48 seconds remaining in the first period. In the second, the Barracuda would take another penalty, but at 1.58, Adam Raska would fire in his first shorthanded goal of his career. And Raska will swing it all the way back into his own end to burn some time here on the Colorado power play. Raska calls for a back two on one. He works it, shoots, he scores! Rasko off the post and in, and we're tied at 2-2. The Barracuda would then take their first lead. At 10:37, Jeff Viel would cash in for his first of the year. Twisting shot wide in the slot by Viel. Pick back up, Viel, one-timer! Score! Jeff Viel has his first of the season. It comes on the power play. And the Barracuda have their first lead of the hockey game. Viel found some quiet space, caught for the puck, and blasts one pass on in it. 
Then at 11.22, Jacob Magna would match his brother's goal earlier in the period as he would snap one in from the left point to give the Barracuda a 4-2 lead. Barracuda will take an offensive zone face-off draw here with 8.43 remaining in the second period. 3-2 lead for the Barracuda, two unanswered for Team Teal. Here's a wrist shot. It's in Jacob Magna from the left point. And Adenen just can't believe it. It gets through and Magna's got his first of the season. And he says to his older bro, I see your goal and I match it. Then down a man again at 12.56, Cole Moberg would make it four unanswered goals with the Barracuda's second shorty of the period. Heels away, hands off to Raskin. It's steered aside by the pad there of Anand. Now a wide open net, Moberg, he scores! Dylan Sakura, the Eagles, would stop the bleeding at 13.51 on that same power play, cutting the Barracuda's lead down to 5-3. But at 16.35, while on the power play, Christopher Beek would jam in his first of his American Hockey League career to give the Barracuda a 6-3 lead, their fifth goal of the second period. Right side for Evander Kane. Took his eyes off the puck, lost it. Chomolesky near side, Ryan Merkley. Onto the ice, Blickfeld, Rister, save made, on and in, and they score! It's through the 5-4, Eustace Sonneman, it's the first in the career of Christopher Beek, and the Barracuda are back up by three. In the third, Colorado would make things interesting at 3.56 as Martin Kaut would make it 6-4. But at 6.23, Nick Merkley would snap a lengthy goalless drought with his fourth of the year. Here's a chance for Nick Merkley, and alone, he scores! Nick Merkley snaps a lengthy goalless drought. Then at 9.05, it was again Merkley who would score for the second time in the period to give the Barracuda an 8-4 lead. That's intercepted by Reedy, trying to jam it in front. Now he spots a man, it's Nick Merkley, he scores! At 10.23, Rob Hamilton would get Colorado back on the board, but Evander Kane would score at 14.39 to make it 9-5. 25 remaining in the third period. Turnover. Here's a wide open net for Evander Kane. He scores. Kane's got his third point, his first American Hockey League goal, and the Barracuda have nine goals on the board. And at 19.39, Jeff Viel would score again to give the Barracuda a 10-5 lead marking the first time in franchise history in which the team scored 10 goals in a game. Heads up the wall. Here's one final chance. Jeff Fiel on a breakaway works in and he missed the net. 24 seconds remaining in regulation. Now Fiel scores. Centered in front by Zach Gallant and the Barracuda for the first time have scored 10 goals in a hockey game. Just two nights later, the Barracuda were back on the ice, this time on the road to start their four-game road trip in Ontario against the Ontario Reign. Unfortunately, the Barracuda would spot Ontario three goals in the first and two early in the second as the Reign jumped out to a 5-0 lead. The Barracuda would make things interesting, though, with three second-period goals as Sasha Shomolevsky, Scott Reedy, and John Leonard all found the back of the net in the second period. Any sort of Barracuda comeback attempt was dashed in the third as Martin Furk 
would score at 11-13 to make it 6-3 rain. Ontario would eventually roll to a 7-4 win. In the losing effort, Scott Reedy would score twice on the power play and now ranks first in the AHL with eight power play goals. Looking for a bounce-back performance, the Barracuda would travel two hours up the road following Friday's defeat against Ontario and would take on the San Diego goals on Saturday night at the Pajanga Arena. In the first period, former Barracuda forward Buddy Robinson would race up the right wing side and get partially hooked as he worked in alone on Alexei Melnichuk, drawing a penalty shot. Robinson would have a glorious opportunity to give the goals an early lead, but Alexei Melnichuk would come up with the save at 11-18. Foot race into the corner, fish free by Wanger, but he played it up the wall right to Buddy Robinson. Robinson works in, and he couldn't get the backhand off, but he's going to draw a penalty against Artemi Kenyazov, and the San Diego goals are going on to the power play. An errant pass by Wanger didn't look, and he turned it right over, basically in stride to Buddy Robinson, who at six foot six is an excellent skater. When he gets those long strides going, he can really separate. He'll draw the penalty on Kenyazov, who had not much of a choice but to hook him. And for the first time tonight, the goals are going on to the power play. Time of the penalty, and you know what? We're gonna get our first penalty shot of the year. They have called a penalty shot, and Buddy Robinson, the former, Barracuda forward will get an opportunity. He'll collect it, center ice, tenor white, Robinson, right-handed shot, works in stick, handles to the forehand, and the save is made by Melnichuk. Still scoreless late in the second period, San Diego would go on to its fourth power play of the game. And at 17:47, Bo Grew would snap one in down the left wing to give the goals a 1-0 lead. Through center, it's Carey. Bo Grew hands off Buddy Robinson. Threads the needle far side, collected off the boards, Letary. Pulls up, skates it down the wall, twists it back to the point Rafferty, and he misplayed it, skipped under his blade back to center. That's a break for the Barracuda, and now O'Regan run it too hard by Kane. Here's a chance down the wing, shot scored! Bo Grew picks the short side corner, and cue the Teddy Bears. It was Teddy Bear Toss night in San Diego, and with almost 10,000 fans in attendance, the Barracuda were escorted off the ice after Bo Grew's goal, and after the intermission, we resumed the final 2 minutes and 13 seconds of the second period before beginning the third period. It wasn't until the 4.08 mark of the final frame when the Barracuda were able to tie the score up, as Patrick Hallway was able to fire one in from the midpoint for his first AHL goal. Boards. Flick to the point, Chichuk winds up, blocked before it got to Erickson Eck. Now Hallway's wrister, he shoots, he scores! Then at 9.39, Evander Kane would intercept a goal's outlet pass in their own defending zone and snap one through the five hole of Ole Erickson Eck to give the Barracuda a 2-1 lead. And the goals will make a partial change as Kindop comes on for him. Here's a chance for Kane on a turnover, he scores! The goal's trying to play it up the middle of the ice. Vander Kane shovels it through the five-hole of Erickson Eck. And the Barracuda have their first lead of the night on Kane's second of the year. Then at 12.34, down a man, Scott Reedy would snap in a rebound to give the Barracuda a 3-1 advantage, their fourth shorthanded goal over their last four games. Skates into his own end, skips up the wall, he's got Reedy, down the right flank, turns, spots Kane, Evander Kane works in, shot on net, rebound, Reedy scores! 
Scott Reedy for Evander Kane. Kane shot initially, stopped by the rebound, is shoveled home by Scott Reedy, who's got his 13th goal of the year, and the Barracuda have a two-goal lead late here in the third. Joel Bouchard, the head coach of the goals, would elect to pull Eric Snack with over five minutes to go in regulation. But it wasn't until 1914 when Jacob Magna sealed the victory with an empty-netted shorthanded goal. And now Magna clears empty net. He scores! The former goal captain from his own end zone right down the pipe and the Barracuda take a 4-1 lead. For the Barracuda, they now rank tied for first in the AHL with five shorthanded goals. They have scored all five over their last four games. With the win, the Barracuda have now picked up victories in three of their last four games. It was their first win against San Diego in five tries. When we come back, we'll be joined by the voice of the Colorado Eagles, Kevin McGlue. This is Cuda Confidential. San Jose Sharks Audio Network is on 24 hours a day. Whether you're in the office or on the go, make sure that you download the Sharks SAP Center app presented by Western Digital and hit listen anytime. You can also find us on your computer by going to sjsharks.com listen. If it's a game broadcast, breaking news, or a player feature, the place to find it is right here on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Phones, laptops, and tablets aren't just devices. They're the keys to connecting to your health. At Kaiser Permanente, you can connect faster with video visits and our easy-to-use app. Track your health with access to most lab results and health records. You can even make appointments, email doctors, and fill most prescriptions. Kaiser Permanente. Tomorrow's health care today. Learn more at kp.org thrive. Appointments as available and appropriate. Features available from Kaiser Permanente facilities. Hey Sharks fans, are you planning to move in the near future? Look no further than SM Moving Systems. SM Moving has been a family owned business for four generations. Whether it is a residential move or commercial move for your business, SM Moving can manage all the logistics and planning for local, long distance, even international moves. We are proud to be the preferred moving company of the San Jose Sharks. To request a quote for your next move, go to smmoving.com. SM Moving Systems, quality in every move we make. Now, back to the action. Barracuda Hockey continues now. Welcome back to Cuda Confidential. We are very pleased to be joined by the voice of the Colorado Eagles, Kevin McGlue. Kev, we saw you last Wednesday as part of a three-game road trip for your group. You end up taking Stockton to overtime on Friday. You fall on Saturday, so you go over the rodeo 2-1. and one. Before that period, though, you had really been playing some good hockey. You had won three straight uh, over a eight-game homestand. The team's at 500 right now. They play 24 games, which is the most played so far in the Pacific Division. But give us your assessment to this point of the club and where they stand. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's just been one of those years where I think the last six games are, are somewhat indicative of it, where you go out and you, you play great hockey, you win three straight, and then next thing you know, uh, you're losing three straight uh, on that road trip. And, you know, obviously that was a, a tough one to take in San Jose when you give up 10 goals uh, in that fashion. And I know 
Greg Cronin and the coaching staff uh, were not pleased with the effort that they saw from, from their team. And uh, you do have to give a lot of credit to San Jose played really well. And, and obviously you're coming together. Um, and, and now you, you move forward and essentially towards the back half of, of the season. And I think it's consistency that this team needs right now. Uh, I think they, they need consistency when it comes to specialty teams, maybe more than anything else. Uh, felt like they're making some strides. I think still are on the penalty kill, and that's an area that's gotten a little bit better for Colorado. Uh, but what's interesting though is the power play has has tapered off. It, it started the year out, you know, in the top ten, it closed to the top five for for quite a little bit, and then uh, for whatever reason, and I think maybe some personnel going in and out that every team deals with, um, started to put the brakes on it. But you got some of those players back. The key for Sherwoods and. And the Jordan Grosses are still out there quarterbacking the power play. And, and it just hasn't clicked. Um, and in fact, you know, you look at the last three games, Colorado's given up three shorthanded goals, including the two against San Jose last Wednesday. So, you know, I, I think that is the area where Colorado needs to make the biggest improvements is, is just finding some consistency and, and doing so first and foremost on the power play and, and getting their special teams uh, to a point where, you know what, it's winning you some games as opposed to looking at some of the losses this year. And I think you can hang, you know, quite a few of them on the fact that you either haven't clicked on the power play or, or maybe the penalty kill has surrendered two goals. It's, it's just been a, an up and down start for this team. And I think a lot of that is an up and down start when it comes to specialty teams. There's some parallels between the two clubs. I think the only thing that Barracuda can really hang their hat on from a consistency standpoint to this point has been their power play. It sits near the top of the league, but everything else has kind of hit its ebbs and flows throughout the year, including the goaltending position, which is coming off probably one of its best performances. The game before, you can't say the same thing. Looking at the power play a little bit, and I know you're not a coach, but from what you have heard from the coaching staff, when you struggle on the man advantage, is it about simplifying things, getting guys in front, not allowing the goaltender to see the puck and just trying to almost dumb things down a little bit to try to get back on track? You know, I asked that same question to our, our head coach, Greg Cronin, and that's exactly what he said. He said, you know what, sometimes we're looking for that perfect pass because, you know, you have some skill out there. You've got the Dylan Securas and you've got the Kiefer Sherwoods that, that can shoot the puck. Uh, Mikhail Maltsev is now back in the mix after coming back from uh, a stint with the Avalanche. So, you know, you feel good about the pieces you have out there, but sometimes it, it just it becomes a little bit too much. And, and yeah, now I think there's more of a premium on just getting pucks to the net, get guys driving the net, looking for rebounds, just trying to take uh, the eyes away, the opposing net miner. And, you know, I think five on five, uh, if you go back to the Eagles last game on Saturday in Stockton, you know, they're down four nothing after two periods and they come out and just put a focus on getting pucks to the net. Next thing you know, back-to-back goals, five minutes apart. It's a 4-2 game. So, um, you know, I think overall it's it's a good lesson to just start simplifying and, and just start getting pucks towards the net, get guys in there, you know, paying the price and, and taking those whacks to, to, to stake out a little bit of real estate there in front of the goaltender. Um, as you know, there's some outstanding goaltenders in this specific division. So, you know, it, it makes their life a little too easy when you don't have traffic in front of them. So I think that's an area where there's the power player five on five that uh, this team is really focusing on. Yeah, you see it all the time in the American Hockey League. It's really a league of trying to build habitual habits, trying to make good habits so guys can go up to the NHL, fit in, and they're not getting pulled out of the lineup because a head coach in the National Hockey League doesn't like the fact that some of their habits are off. It's built in the American Hockey League. I want to talk quickly about the parent club, the Colorado Avalanche. It seems like the entire 
sports landscape at the professional level is getting hit hard really uh, by COVID-19 right now. They have another one of those teams that's going to shut down operations until after the Christmas break. So we're probably not going to see a lot of transactional uh, things occurring over the, the next day or so. It sounds like the Sharks are going to send the Barracuda a couple of players, but that's probably not going to be the same case with the Avalanche being that they're affected so dramatically right now. Yeah, and uh, obviously a big part of that pause is, is just trying to keep uh, a little bit of, of a shelter around the guys that that have, uh, have been around there and, and trying to keep that movement to a, a very, very minimal amount. So, you know, they got uh, Justin Barron and Mikhail Maltsev back on Saturday, uh, which certainly is a big help. Uh, those are guys that I think for a team that right now is, is – uh, you know, trying to find a little rhythm, whether that's on the power play or just, uh, you know, looking at the, the last three contests, trying to generate a little more offense. But, yeah, I would not expect to see guys like Jordan Gross or, or Alex Newhook or any of those players coming back, um, which, you know, obviously a guy like Newhook is is a, almost a goal a game guy for the Eagles. But a, a guy named Jordan Gross, uh, he logs a ton of minutes. Uh, you know what? He's second on the team in scoring. Uh, he's a guy that's just been really, really consistent for this team. And I think that his absence has really been felt for Colorado. And obviously you have to dip into your youth a little bit. And then you had Colorado with a, a pair of guys who were called up from the ECHL playing over the weekend uh, along that blue line. So, you know, I think that's been one that that's uh, impacted Colorado that they felt game in and game out. Um, and I don't expect to see him back anytime before the Christmas break, which is unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, I think we're probably looking at a situation where what you got right now is, is what you got going into these two games. I've seen it in the NFL because there's been so many teams impacted uh, by COVID-19 over the last week. They're trying to bubble wrap the players that are not testing positive, keep them completely separated, obviously, from the rest of the group so they can just try to play some of these games. I want to talk quickly about Barron. You mentioned a 2020 first-round draft pick of the Avalanche, who are so deep at the defensive position. A young player in his first full season of pro, getting his first taste of the NHL recently. What have you thought of his game, though, so far as he adjusts to the pro ranks? You know, it's amazing. I'm sure you've seen this uh, yourself. There are guys that, you know, it takes them a while. And maybe it takes them a couple of seasons in the American Hockey League to start seeing those those jumps in their game. But for Justin Barron, you look at him and you say, okay, I understand why he was a first-round pick. He he takes big steps. And and uh, you, you see his, his game develop. You see he's very poised. He doesn't play like he's you know, a 20-year-old rookie. He really doesn't. He, he's a very – Composed player, is confident with the puck, uh, has a good first pass out of his own zone. And uh, again, I, the steps he makes, they're not the small steps, but as you had said, it's it's tough to crack that lineup at the NHL level. I think that for a lot of teams, he would be up there right now, but uh, this is a team that has a lot of depth in the avalanche. And that's not to say he's not going to be up there and, and spend the rest of the season there at some point, but yeah, he's he's been a very good weapon for this Eagles team. And does not play like a 20-year-old. He's, he's one of those guys that uh, is just figuring it out very quickly. We're talking to Kevin McGlue, the voice of the Colorado Eagles. You mentioned Jordan Gross as well. Almost an underrated offseason signing given the fact that he played all of last year in the National Hockey League. Then he starts in the AHL list th- this year with the Eagles. Has put up some awesome points as a puck-moving, offensively-minded defenseman. What have you thought of his game? He won't be available for these two games getting recalled up to the NHL. But what have you thought of his game while in the AHL? Yeah, I mean, it's just the model of consistency. It really is. You know exactly what you're going to get from him every single night. And uh, the way that he quarterbacks the power play is something that that I think Colorado right now is definitely missing. There's no question about it. And I think you look back at the, uh, the San Jose game, Eagles are able to get three power play goals in that contest. 
And then he gets called up. Next thing you know, um, the power goes out on the power play. I mean, they were not able to, to really get things generated the way that they wanted to. Um, and they gave up another shorthanded goal. Uh, on Saturday. So, you know, I think uh, Jordan Gross is one of those guys that, uh, as you said, I think it was an underrated signing. Uh, I think it was one of those that it was very impactful for this Eagles team. Um, and as far as free agents brought in, you look at the point production, I, I think there's no question about it. Um, that, that, you know, this is a guy that is relied upon in a big way and he plays a ton of minutes and he's very, very consistent and steady in his own zone. But as you had said, he's got a lot of offensive upside, confident with the puck. And uh, yeah, it's a guy that uh, I tell you, I think Eagles fans and coaches, uh, the team are, are excited to, to hopefully get back, although you, you wish him the best of luck in the NHL. But um, he's a guy that is, is, I think, sorely missed when he's out of this lineup. You look at this Colorado team, three games above 500 on home ice, three games below 500 on the road. Have you seen a different club when playing at the Budweiser Event Center this year? You know, I think this is a team that, that does a really good job of feeding off the energy inside the, the Budweiser event center and you get that building packed and, and you get the, uh, the excitement that's in that building. And, and I think Colorado plays to their strengths a lot more. The four check is better. Uh, they're a harder team to play against. They're a heavier team at home. And I think sometimes it's, it's some slower starts on the road and it's trying to manufacture a little bit of energy. And I think at home, they just are able to come in and, and start to feed off it. And if they can get a one nothing lead and get that crowd ignited in the first period, uh, you know, you can see them really try to ride that wave in and you take a lead into the third period and you, you bring a team in, they have to play at altitude um, and they're trailing, you know, it certainly puts them behind the eight ball. So, yeah, it, to me, it, it's not to say they're night and day different teams, uh, the home team versus the visiting team when, when the Eagles are on the road versus at the BEC. But uh, there, there is certainly a, a noticeable difference that we've seen so far this year and, and the type of team that they are and the way they come out. And like I said, play to their strengths at home, maybe more so than we see on the road. Even though the Barracuda were able to find ways to win in the first two matchups in the building I, back in early, what was it, October, I, I think the mindset is certainly this is not going to be an easy task going into, into this building, especially a desperate Colorado team trying to bounce back from, from Wednesday's outing. Uh, quickly about the goaltender, Eustace Anand, and he's really been kind of the bell cow this year in between the nets. Hunter Misk is your, your veteran net miner. We've seen him sparingly. He came into the game on Wednesday in relief. But Anand's really the guy. He's got an opportunity this year to play in the NHL a little bit. Um, still very young in his development, but it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're, they're going to give him the lion's share of opportunities this year to try to, to really establish himself at this level. Yep, and I think uh, when you look at, at their big picture plan, uh, I think down the road, whether it's next season or, or the season after, uh, they want and then I think expect to, to be able to groom him to the point where he can be at, at least the backup for that avalanche team. And uh, that's what it takes. It just takes games down here at the American League level. And I think he's responded pretty well. It took him a while of an adjustment period to, I think, just get used to uh, to playing here in North America, get used to the ice and um, and acclimate himself. And I think that you saw that, you know, the struggles early on in the season, some of the areas where he faltered, he's cleaned up in his game. He's a big kid. He's uh, six foot four. Uh, he's, he's filling out his frame right now and he takes up a lot of room in net. And, and I think from a technical standpoint, talking to the goaltending coaches, they like what he's doing. And they like that, uh, again, as a young kid, he's adapting. Uh, he plays a confident game, plays out on top of his crease. And, uh, you know, I think he's, he's just gotten better and better. I think what you've looked to do with him in the AHL as the Avalanche is, is what 
he is doing right now. Now, I think Trent Miner, who's also a young kid that came in and played really well for Colorado last year before going back to major junior, um, will get some games in there as well because I think that they feel like they may have a diamond in the rough as a seventh-round pick. Uh, the way that Miner has played, he's played in the ECHL in a fantastic fashion. He's got four shutouts down there, uh, really, really good numbers. And want to see if he can replicate it here in the AHL. But you're right, I think you can expect – you know, barring a call-up or barring injury, that you're going to see the vast majority of the starts this season go to Eustace on it. Now, we didn't see Trep Miner last year because we played you just the one time in the postseason, but we did see him during that rookie face-off out in Arizona. And as you mentioned, some good numbers in the ECHL with the Utah Grizzlies. Awesome stuff. We really appreciate it, Kevin. That's the voice of the Colorado Eagles, Kevin McGlue, providing some awesome insight as we kind of look ahead to these two upcoming games this week. Uh, appreciate the time, and thank you as always. Hey, my pleasure, and uh, we'll see you out there at the rink. Looking forward to these two games. That'll do it for this episode of CUDA Confidential. A big thank you to Kevin McGlue. A reminder, the Barracuda will be on the ice on Tuesday at the Budweiser Event Center with scheduled puck drops set for 6.05 Pacific Time. Our pregame coverage on the Sharks Audio Network and at AHLTV.com will begin at 5.35. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening and so long until next time. is on 24 hours a day. Whether you're in the office or on the go, make sure that you download the Sharks SAP Center app presented by Western Digital and hit listen anytime. You can also find us on your computer by going to sjsharks.com slash listen. If it's a game broadcast, breaking news, or a player feature, the place to find it is right here on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Hey Sharks fans, are you planning to move in the near future? Look no further than SM Moving Systems. SM Moving has been a family-owned business for four generations. Whether it is a residential move or commercial move for your business, SM Moving can manage all the logistics and planning for local, long distance, even international moves. We are proud to be the preferred moving company of the San Jose Sharks. To request a quote for your next move, go to smmoving.com. SM Moving Systems. Quality in every move we make.